Hello and welcome to the Lakerside Chats. I'm your host as always, Alan Ramich. Been a bit of a while, um, exams and life has sort of got to be a little bit, but we're back. We're going to have multiple episodes this week. Very excited about that. Bringing on, well, in my opinion, like, you know, the most famous person in Lakers Twitter, aside from Halsey. <laughs> Um, obviously Halsey's number one in everyone's heart sorry Raj it's Raj Raj is back how are you doing my friend I am doing good Alan it's a one twenty in the morning here but I'm wide awake ready how does it feel amazing feels amazing I'm here I'm here to talk basketball that's that's what I'm here for and uh excited to do it no matter the time I'm glad we can get this get this connected uh, at this time for context for everyone, me and Raj started talking at 8 a.m. My time thought that was midnight Pacific, and we just started recording at 1.20. This is what happens when me and Raj record. We talk for like an hour, we then record, and then we talk for another hour. It's great. <laughs> we just talk basketball for like over an hour. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and then we'll give it to you guys here as well, for you guys to listen to. <clears throat> so obviously, the Lakers know where they are in the seedings now, which is, we were supposed to, for, for, for context, guys, we were supposed to record on. I think it was Thursday. Um, my internet decided to play up, so we didn't. But I'm actually glad it worked out this way because, you know, we get to actually talk about where the Lakers are in the seeding and the playing game and whatnot. How do you feel about the playing game, first of all, irrespective of the Lakers? Because I, I think it's a very love-hate relationship with it. But I'm very much on the side of it made the end of the season really interesting, and I loved it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's really kind of de-incentivized tanking, right? A lot of teams have to uh, – a lot of teams can play for something. Like you have all these teams at the bottom of the conference. Um, it's kind of funny. I think this play-in was created for the Pelicans. Like I think it was created to get a guy like Zion in. Now they, were, they weren't able to get in, but they still had games that meant something at the end of the season. Um, they had a chance, right? They played the Warriors a few times um, late and had a chance to get in the playoffs, and I think that's what really – it was four. Now, of course, they didn't expect, I don't think they expected LeBron and AD to be in a playing game for the Warriors to be in a playing game, but kind of worked out for them. Um, so I, I just love it. Uh, the only teams really tanking are maybe the Thunder and Houston, Thunder and the Rockets. Other than that, all these teams are going for it, and I think it's it's great. Um, it's really kind of uh, give them a chance. Uh, seven, eight play each other, nine and ten play each other. I think it's great. It gives like a March Madness kind of feel that the NBA just hasn't had. So I, I love it. I, I think there's way more positives than um, negatives to it, for sure. Well, it's like what Rachel Nichols said on All the Smoke. It's like, it, you're not going to get... It's not one of those like March Madness things where everyone plays each other once, right? Mm-hmm. They don't play each other once. It's a case of you play to get into the playoffs, but it's still the same format, right? So the best team will still win, which is why I love it. It just adds an extra layer of intrigue to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then, like, it gives a team that, you know, who has injuries all year a chance to still get in. Like, imagine if LeBron and AD missed an extra five to six games. Like, maybe they're the 10th seed. Maybe they're where the Spurs are, and it allows them to kind of get in. It lets your season not be over, right? Like, you could a season could easily just be over through injuries, and it gives them a chance to kind of make that up. Now, I think, like, the, the dark side of it is, like, you can have a team that, you know, let's say the Lakers do get go back to back here, and next year maybe 
just even less like you know motivation to like really kill it in the regular season or another team that thinks like they have the talent and they can kind of walk through that's the only negative to me but other than that i think it's great i think these playing games are going to be awesome um we're going to get a lot of uh playoff type atmospheres um coming up here uh this wednesday game is going to feel like a playoff game as it should um and i think even uh the day the last day of the regular season we got like wizards uh Wizards Hornets, I think, Hornets, felt like yeah, a Wizards great. Hornets, awesome, felt like a playoff game. Um, Memphis Warriors, right, that awesome, felt like a playoff game. And then we get these playing games. So I, I, I think it's really good for the sport. Um, I love what the league did with it. Um, maybe, maybe they can make it a little bit, uh, like it might be a little bit easier for teams, like who are the 11, 10 seed to kind of mm-hmm. get in. But other than that, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, it was, you know, when I look at the whole playing tournament, like because of the playing tournament, we have the possibility of having KD versus Russ in the first round. Oh yeah. Which is incredible to me. Like imagine that series being the first round of the Eastern conference playoffs. Now, like I have no idea how Washington will do against Brooklyn, but like just having that allure of like that being your first round matchup due to the playing game. Then you have LeBron James and AD against Steph Curry be like your marquee matchup in the playing. So I'm already sold on it, right? Like I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah, like it's perfect for a team like the Wizards, right? Like who um they were I think ravaged with COVID yeah. early, like they and they injuries. Also had injury, COVID injuries. And injuries. Yeah, and I don't think Russ was himself to start the season. Um I don't remember if Beal had an injury or not, but now they they were able to yeah, he did. Okay, they were able to kind of catch up um and then get all the way to the are they the eighth seed? Yeah, they're, they're the eighth seed now. It's okay. So they did get all the way to eight, but it was good for them. They could have at least got to the ten and nine and get in the playoffs. Um, I think they play Boston today, my yeah, time, today. if I'm, which is crazy. In that about twelve moved, hours, yeah. That moved really fast. Yeah, so they play Boston today, but I think it's it's great. We get two super two stars in Russ and Beal get a chance to get in the playoffs, and I think that's what I think that's what this is for, and it's gonna move forward. Uh, I saw something funny on a podcast. Um, it was on the Ringer podcast. They said if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, like if if the Lakers get bounced out of the playoffs because of the playing, we'll never see the playing again. Which I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that. But uh, I, I think it's great for sure. I think it's it's good for the league to have something where you get more teams um, involved at the end of the and, year. And I think the point you make a decent one where you touched on you know it could be a negative that teams will just look at it as a way of having an extra tune up game before the playoffs start, right? Yeah, but <coughs> excuse me. I think the um the way that these teams will look at it is like you know, I feel like the Lakers, if they had everyone there, would have been like the two seed in the West anyway, right? Maybe even the one seed because look at how things Utah fell off. We we were we were right there with them, right until AD and LeBron got hurt. So there is a possibility that the Lakers just would have been the number one, right? Like regardless, just if injuries didn't happen. I think the same thing. I I honestly believe that most teams won't look at it that way. They'll look at it as like a nice insurance policy, but not as in it being like, oh, we'll just win through the through the playing. Yeah, we, we kind of forget. Like the Lakers started twenty one and six this yeah. year. That was a seventy seven percent winning percentage, and uh, I played that out through seventy two games. That's around fifty six wins. Utah, the best team in the league, finished with 52 wins. So, like, that's kind of the pace um, they were at, which 
Like to me, it's just you sacrificed this season for the title you won last year. Like yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, and the Lakers have the talent. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying the Lakers would have done like you know try to just get yeah. into a plan. I just think it gives them a little bit more room for error, exactly. a little more breathing, it's a, it's a little a more nice breathing room. Policy. Exactly, a little insurance policy allow THT to you know develop a little bit more. Um, not don't get too worried about you know dropping all the way out of the playoffs, which that was never going to happen. But but still, like a. Like I, I feel like they had the talent to kind of have a good regular season. It's just this is how it played out, and we're lucky there was a a plane to kind of to be there as an insurance policy. No, definitely, I, and I and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Right, I think it's a really really good point. And let's transition over to the Lakers now. Obviously, um, Wednesday. Um, so let me just do the time: seven p.m. Pacific. Playing the Warriors uh, in Staples. Gonna have a good playoff environment. I hope. I hope it's gonna yeah. sound, you know, not like the first couple of games where fans did, where you couldn't hear the fans. It was like a pin drop in there still. Um, how do you feel about that game? Because I'm really excited to see how a how the Warriors look. Because I think if the Utah Jazz aren't fully healthy and the Warriors look good, that could be a little bit of a problem for the Jazz. But we'll, we'll touch on that later because. If, if if Mitchell and Connolly are healthy, then it's not a debate. The Jazz will beat mm-hmm. them and they'll move on, right? But if those two aren't healthy, that could be that could become sort of interesting because Rudy Gobert isn't. I don't care what people say; he's not an MVP candidate. In my opinion, he isn't an All Star. Um, but he's an All Star if Roy Hibbert's an All Star. That's all I'll say. On oh Rudy man, <laughs> uh, that's enough Rudy Gobert slander for today. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I really like this matchup, and I think these are the two teams that do make it out of the playing tournament anyway. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess we can talk about Utah later. Um, I'm higher on Utah than most, I think. But uh, yeah, like I'm, I, high, like I think I'm higher than like three main guys. So Bogdanovich, okay. Conley, Mitchell, I love. <laughs> go Bear, yeah, go, um, go Bear Slander, Favors, and go, it's the same shit. Go Bear Slander, we love it. Um, but the the sad thing about Gobert is like you know he plays in a conference with like AD Jokic and you know guys who just tear whatever he does good apart. Um, but yeah, with Lakers Warriors, man, I think you're more confident than I am. Like I think you feel like this is probably more comfortable of a win. I still think they do win comfortably. It's just like my whole thing is LeBron, AD, Drummond, Schroeder. That that was their third game together, right? Mm-hmm. I believe on Sunday. The Warriors have been playing um, this kind of playoff, win every game style for the last month and a half. Um, they've had the top five def- They have had a top five defense right now. Uh, I think it's number one since that time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, that's since why the, like few months. The rankings, yeah. Uh, they lost Wiseman, which was actually a positive for them because they go, they put Looney at the five, who's not better than Wiseman. He just knows what he's doing, and then they play Draymond at the five a lot. And look, the Lakers to me have the best people to defend Steph. They have uh, KCP, Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder. Guys are going to chase him off. But in a one-game sample, that's that's the only part of this that makes it tough for me is that Steph can – I mean, he had, what, 40 last yesterday yes. against Memphis? But he took, like, 35 shots to get there. Now, I don't think the Lakers are going to allow him to do that. Like, they really picked on Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, yes. And then whoever, uh, whoever was defending him that wasn't Dylan Brooks, they really picked on them as well. But – it's going to be a fun matchup, and I think LeBron and AD are going to be on their A game. Like, this is not something they're going to just, you know, think as a walkthrough. And I think Vogel is going to treat this as a as a game game seven as well, for sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely just giving what the Golden State Warriors 
whatever he believes his best matchups are against him. Like, from, the thing with Vogel is, and I've been harping on about this, and you know how high I am on Frank Vogel as a coach in general. Yeah. Right? Um, this is where he shines, is in these types of situations. So I'm really, really excited to see, A, what the, the rotations are like, and B, whether we see Costa Santetokounmpo play in the fourth quarter. But that's besides the point. <laughs> well, like, I feel like the big talk on this is the drum in minutes, right? Like, that's what people are most concerned with. And, like, I always say Andre Drummond um, is very situational. Like, to me, he's like JaVale. He's like the JaVale replacement to me. I don't think he's going to play a lot if he's not playing well. Um, but, like, he gets scapegoated for everything on Lakers oh, wow. Twitter. Oh, for wow. everything. Like, people don't want to mention that the past few games that he's played. So, basically, ever since that Knicks game, he's been really good. Like, really good. His defensive instincts are getting better. His chemistry is obviously getting better with AD. His chemistry looks decent with LeBron, but I think everyone looks good next to LeBron James. So, that's not an outlier. But, like, I think this is a matchup that's actually really beneficial for him because, what, he'll either have Looney or Draymond on him at times. And we've seen it. He likes feasting against guys who are not as strong or as not as big as him, right? Like this is this is what Drummond like thrives on. Yeah, I love that you said he's uh, this is the matchup for him because look, Steph is Steph, but like he's the archetype of player that Drummond can play against, right? He's a he can get in a defensive stance, he can hard edge, he can trap up top, and then get back to his role man, and that's really where he excels. Um, when he knows like where he's supposed to be, um, especially on all those Steph screens, like yeah. this is what he's there for. And then you have AD kind of in the back line, but just like like again, he gets scapegoated. But when you watch him play next to LeBron and AD, like that's his skills just get boosted up. Like he it looks good. Like that's the theory I think they were going for. And you can see like his speed and strength at that size um, is really like look. He goes like six for 11, and I always say, like, it feels like it's six for 21, right? Because, like, <laughs> he misses, like, easy shots down low. Mm -hmm. But, like, he's productive. He had 10 rebounds before half last game. Um, He was big in the Knicks game, which is a really good team. He was big against, I believe, against Denver, against Phoenix. Like, he, he and, can play against. against... Houston, he had 20 and 11 in 20 minutes. Yeah, like, he, he's had, he's impactful. And, look, Vogel's going to press the buttons that he wants to. Um, people always talk about the Marcus All Drummond kind of minutes, but I think Vogel's going to be able to play who he wants to play. Like, there's no, there's no like, oh, he's for sure getting these minutes. I, I don't think people have to worry about that. So that and Golden State is a small team, right? Like after yeah. you get past Kevon Looney, they're really small, and that's I think Drummond can really like uh, do damage down low with offensive rebounds and stuff like that. Even if even with Looney, Looney's not like a big center anyway, is he? No. He's like. He, he's small for center, like, you know, archetypes as well. So yeah. it's very interesting to see how they, like, how they, like, transition through this. Because I don't think this tomorrow will be a very Mark Gasol game, to be honest with you. I don't think Vogel will see it as that. I think you'll see Jerome being the primary five and then Trez being the backup next tomorrow anyway. That's, that's where I think he'll go with it. Yeah, I could see that. I guess the big thing is, like, who they put on AD, right? They probably put Draymond kind of single coverage on AD. Yeah. But again, the Lakers should be able to dominate with their size. Like they, they blew it. Like it's tough to take a lot from the previous matchups because AD didn't play. Um, but they blew them out by 20 without him. Uh, they were up, I think 20 in the home game in January when the whole team was healthy. 25 and, then they, yeah. 25, yeah, and then they blew that lead. They just really stopped playing. And I think the things to take from there is 
They had a big rebound advantage, big points yeah. in the paint advantage. And again, look, Golden State is playing eight guys right now that they can trust. Like they play Basemore, Juan Toscano Anderson, um, and I'm forgetting their third guy off the bench. Jordan Poole. Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. Yeah. So those are the three guys they play. All those all those dudes are small, right? They're gonna have to play big minutes on LeBron. I think Wiggins is a good defender. He has like an yes. I think he might even have an all defense type year. Like he's been, I agree. he's been He's been legit good on defense. I just don't think he's gonna be able to keep up with LeBron um, in a in a full game that matters. So that that's like my main, I guess, takeaways. And uh, again, it's a one off, so you just you just never know. Things can happen in one off. This is a game seven to me. You don't want to get to a play, no. a port, a Memphis, uh, San Antonio kind of game. No, you don't. Definitely, I, I agree <laughs> with you on that. And so I think you'll see the Lakers' full effort in this anyway, until yeah. they're sure that the Warriors are out of it. So. But I, <laughs> But again, you know, let, let's transition over to LeBron and AD. But before we do that, obviously, LeBron had some interesting comments about Steph Curry. Um, I want to ask you about that, what you made of that, because I think it's been blown way out of proportion. I, I think it's one of two things. It's either a friend hyping up another friend, or it's just LeBron on recruitment, which, you know, why does that surprise people after seven to 18 years? Yeah, I really, I'm not sure. Like, look, LeBron's smart. Like, he knows Jokic is likely the MVP, right? Like, LeBron knows. It's not like he's out of the loop on any NBA news or anything like that. I just think they're playing the Warriors, and uh, he has incredible respect for Steph. LeBron's allowed to have his opinion, right? He doesn't have a vote on MVP. Um, Look, maybe he influences a little bit, but I think it was just an ode to Steph. They have obviously a huge amount of respect for each other. And I think that's all it was. People are going way too, way too deep into it. They're playing the, the Warriors on Wednesday and he obviously wants to give Steph the most respect. Um, yeah, that's all it was to me. It wasn't something like, Oh, people, you know, Nuggets fans are taking it as like a dig at Jokic. And I just don't think that's what it was. I don't think LeBron is trying to dig at Jokic for any, any reason. Well, the way LeBron's talked about Jokic in the past, it makes no sense. It's a yeah. complete, it's a complete shift of character, right? And LeBron's never done that. Like, yeah. He, he, by all accounts, he seems to like Jokic. <coughs> they, they seem friendly with each other. It's not a slight of Jokic. It's just him building up Steph, right? And that's why I love yeah. him. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to bring down Jokic, right, for any reason. Why would he do that? So just, uh, just picking Steph up, uh, that's all it was. It's not Paul George. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or the Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah, go bear mostly, but it's what it is. Because um, I, I, I hate that I like that team a lot. I like Conley. I like Mitchell. I like Ingles. I like Bogdanovich. I like Royce O'Neal. I think he's a good player. It's just go bear, man. It's just the go bear of it all. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't like go bear. You're not, you're not alone in that. Oh, and for good reason too. <laughs> Croissant Chris Kamen. Oh, man. But hey, um, LeBron and AD. I am very happy that I've seen what I've seen from both of them, even though LeBron's been in a somewhat small sample size, right? You know, we've yeah. only really seen like two games of him being fully healthy. But I'm happy that he is fully healthy because he looks it. It just looked like he wasn't trying a lot the first two games. But whenever he did try, he looked like the LeBron of old, which was enough for me, right? His touch was there. His explosion was there because that dunk where Schroeder threw it up to him on Saturday 
holy shit, that was impressive. You know, yeah. that was like that was like the time where I went, oh, okay, he's fine. I don't need to worry about him anymore, right? <laughs> like he, he, he's he's good. So, how do you feel about those two in particular going into the playoffs? Because I'm really confident that both will be fine. Yeah, that was the biggest key, right? Like all this other stuff is gravy, like how Schroeder looks, KCP hitting open threes, like those all matter. But how LeBron and AD look is the most important thing. And what I saw from those two um, gave me the most confidence. I was worried about AD for a little bit for a little while. But then um, he had the game against Denver. He had the game against the Knicks. And then he just got this linear improvement, right? Like, he just kept playing better. I think it culminated with the Phoenix game. He had, like, 40 against Phoenix. And uh, that kind of really looked awesome. They have no matchup for him. And a lot of teams don't have a matchup for them. And then LeBron, I was not expecting LeBron to look that good right away. Like, he looked good on Saturday, right? Like, he was able to move. Yeah. Um, The biggest test for me is, like, him be able to plant and spin. And he was really able to do that. Like he was driving on both sides as well. He was on both sides. sides, Yeah. Yeah. And going in the post. Now, now look, the Pelicans and the Rockets aren't some like great defense or whatever, you know, but still like just seeing him be able to move, be able to attack. um, He looked good. He looks healthy. I think he'll get like all his rhythm back eventually. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think it's all there, but if they can just win this playing game, then he gets, I think enough time to settle in and they both look good to me. Like he's moving well. He's his mind is still gonna be there. So even if he's like 90, 95% health wise, um, his mind just puts everything into place and getting AD back to himself. I thought AD was just doing cardio on Sunday, just trying to get through oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> trying now, to get through that. Trying to get some more legs underneath him. Yeah, just trying to get through that Pelis Kings game. But other than that, they both look great and look like they're peaking at the right time. And I think it's why we saw all that uh Let's just say movement on Tanky. Sunday from call it what it yes. is, Raj. Call it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, movement from other teams trying to get out of the way a little bit. I think that's that that was the main culmination of that. Raj is gonna be very polite and not call it tanking. <laughs> I will absolutely call the clippers out for that. First of all, I don't get it, right? Because like I don't know about you, man, but if I want to. If I have to face this Lakers team, I want to face them at the earliest point possible, because of all the points that you mentioned. LeBron's not going to be a hundred percent yet, as much as we think he looked great, right? ADs will need some time to work into playoff rhythm as well. You want to play him now, like objectively, right? The, those are valid points, but like I totally understand. Like, look. I think it's disrespectful to the basketball gods. I think it's disrespectful to karma. I think it sends a bad message in your locker room as well. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we're scared of this team. We're not going to play. Like, there's a lot of bad messages in there. But the reason is teams do not want their season ending in round one, right? Like, it's just a bad look. Like, the Clippers cannot have their season end in round two. Like, it just, it cannot end in round two. Like, there's a lot of um ripple effects of if that happens right things get moved players get traded um stuff like that fired exactly and even a team like denver who lost jamal murray they do not want their season to end in round one that's that's a really tough thing for an mvp season from Jokic. so i totally get this like dodging and wanting to move and i understand it from a logic perspective like look all your points are valid are the lakers more vulnerable in round one absolutely are they more vulnerable in round two? Absolutely. But and once they start rolling, they'll be rolling in round three, in my opinion. That'll be a month later. Western Conference Finals, they'll probably be playing better. But teams don't want their season to end this early. And I think that's why 
we saw the uh, mac machinations on, on on Sunday. The thing is, though, with Denver, this is what I didn't get. More so because I, I'm, I think it's obvious that the Clippers are scared of their season ending by the Lakers in round one. I think it's really obvious. It's cowardly. It's embarrassing, whatever you want to call it. But it is what it is, right? It's like what 100%. you said. Denver, though, facing the team that they're going to face in the first round, just, just just decided to throw a game away. And now you can argue that, you know, they're confident that they'll beat Portland and whatever. If you're Portland, though, that gives you all the, like, confidence in the world to be like, you know what? We can beat this team. Fuck them. Like, especially without Jamal Murray. Like, that, that's the way I'd feel if I was on, on the Portland team. Yeah, for sure. And, like, to me, Portland's a good team. Like, I just feel like there's a ceiling on that team. Yes. When you have two small guards, now you have three. I don't Norman Powell, I think, is a little bigger than CJ McCollum. He's but like six, 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 seven. Norman Powell. Okay, but, but they all, like, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, they do very <laughs> similar things, right? They score the basketball. Um, They're not very much – they're not going to give you a lot defensively. And uh, I just don't think Denver – thought too much about that game i don't think portland thinks too much about that game but you're right like it's the like just the the ethics of it right it's just it just doesn't look good to me i would have rather denver just sat their players right like i would have rather them do that than play Jokic and mpj in this bull bull game of uh, it's fine No, there's no laws here, huh? Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like can swear on podcasts, you can as well, Raj. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I just feel like I would have rather seen that than give me hope. You know what I mean? Like I was really uh-huh. annoyed. They were down twenty in the first quarter. So, um, but yeah, there's like an wild. ethics. Yeah, I don't. Have you seen anything like this before? I can't remember anything. Like, look, the the Lakers as a seven seed are are an anomaly. Like that doesn't happen a lot. But I just have never seen this many teams try to um, tank the seedings in this so kind of just one matchup because it's it's all about avoiding one matchup for it, all of yes, them. Yes, exactly. And I've just never seen this much of like a uh, an obvious job of this, like so blatant, you know, so or in, so or disrespectful. Case, go mm-hmm. all out to avoid that certain matchup. Yeah, uh, Utah a little. I mean, I guess Utah them too. Um, but they just they didn't do it as much as the Clippers. But, but, or... but the thing is with Utah, they just wanted to win games to avoid it because they knew if they won enough games, eventually if the Lakers win the first playing game, they, they avoid them, right? That's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and to me that's a little bit more honorable. Like you're winning the games you're supposed to, right? You get the top Same seed. With yeah, so you get the top seed so you can play a lesser opponent in the first round. Like that's – that's why you get a one seed, right? That's the whole point of it. So you can play the eight seed. It's a little different when like you're throwing games. Like that's that's to me is different. It's I know Clipper fans will say, well, everybody you know rest players in the last game. Yeah, they do rest players, but they don't give the ball to a Toro ten times, yeah. you know, in the fourth quarter in post ups. Like it just it's, it's it was very disrespectful to the game in yes. my opinion, but uh. It what is done was done is done. So we're gonna get Lakers, Clippers, and Western Conference Finals if they make it there for sure. I so I want to touch on the potential matchup of the Lakers Suns before we move on to other matchups because I think the whole conference, I think both conferences have really interesting matchups in the first round that could go either way. 
which is like one of the first times in years that I felt this way. Mm-hmm. Because like, look at the three six matchup in the East, for example. I think that's a matchup that can go either way, right? The four five, <coughs> the two seven could be interesting if, if Washington is the seventh seed because I think they're really hot right now. Yeah. And then having a guy like Westbrook and then having a guy like Beal against Brooklyn, who aren't the greatest defense in the world, it could be interesting. I still fully expect Brooklyn to make it out of that in five or six, but it could be a fun series to watch, right? Yeah. So the Lakers Suns, I think I feel really sorry for the Suns in a sporting aspect, not as a Lakers fan. I don't care. Like, sorry, Phoenix, you know, um, you, you have your best year in about 15 years. You work your ass off, you get the number two seed in the West and who's waiting for you. Potentially, I keep on having to add that potentially, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a fully healthy Lakers squad. It's just like, sorry, Phoenix. Like, it's, it's just one of those where you just feel sorry for him. In my opinion, that's how I feel when I watch him anyway. I, I do. And, and they've respected the season, right? Like, they've respected the season. They've played hard. Like, they did the right things. They're coached well. Um, look, I really like They're good to watch as well. They're really good to watch. They're they're fun and they're young. They have this like, I think Chris Paul is the main experience guy, and yeah. then they have all these young dudes who just are so happy to be there. You know, they just yeah. look so excited to to be winning. Devin Booker is finally on a team that's good, and yes. uh, he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Um, and he's always been this good. It's just he never had the team to do it. Yeah, like that's why I was hoping to get Denver. Like I just I feel bad for getting. Like I love Chris Paul. Like I think he's really good, and he's gonna go out in the first round, and all those narratives are gonna come up again, which is just gonna be so unfair because he's been amazing this year. Yeah, you know, he at thirty at thirty six years old, like we talk about LeBron as this cyborg. Um, Chris Paul is too. Thirty six year old point guards do. Chris, thirty six year old point guards don't do this. They do. They just don't. You don't. They're not Chris this Paul, good. Chris Paul is opting out this summer to to sign a max free agency deal. That's like, a good who, point. Who, who would have thought that two years ago? Insane. And he was, you know, just left by left at the altar by Houston, right? Like, here, let's just send you to Oklahoma City. Um, they had to give up picks to, to to get him, which is just insane to think about. I mean, to get off him, sorry, um, which is just insane. And then uh, he did what he did with Oklahoma City. I, I love their team. Um, I always thought they're just a little too young to be yes. ready for the playoffs this year. Um, Aiton, Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, just just not ready for a playoff series. And maybe this will be a good experience for them, like just playing the Lakers. I think Lakers. it could be potentially. I, yeah. really, I really do think so. Because you're basically extrapolating the Phoenix timeline for about three to four years from now is when I think they'll be at their strongest. So if you get this good experience now with guys like Chris Paul in your team, it will help them so much in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah, and look, they they didn't make the playoffs last year, right? They um they won all their games in the bubble and then gained some momentum and then got Chris Paul. They had a great year, um, but just Lakers are probably the worst matchup for them. Um, they they're a very guard heavy team, right? A lot of yes. their their stars are in their guards. So Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Lakers probably have the best guard defense in the league, in my opinion. Um, and then Aiton is just not ready for what. Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, yeah. what they'll do physically to him. You could tell in that Phoenix game, he was just disinterested. He wanted no part of being physical down low. Um, and then, you know, 
I think it's a it's a it's a series where Trez can play as well. They play Dario Saric at the five. Nice. There's just a lot of bad matchup for Phoenix. Um, their best option on LeBron is Mikel Bridges, and I love Mikel Bridges. Um, but I just think that's that, yeah. not just that. There's just not enough weight on him for that yeah. either. Like he just doesn't have the size, or, he has or the strength to kind of be able to do it. He has a nice wingspan, but like, look, they're gonna be the underdog, which is hilarious in this. Mm-hmm. It's a two-seven matchup where the two will be the underdog. I don't think. And I think he'll be a heavy underdog as well. Heavy underdog, yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen that in a two-seven matchup, um, but that's where we are. So I, I love this Phoenix team, and I'm sorry it had to be you, but it's just due to the cowardice of these other teams. This is where this is where this is what happened. I tell you this though, I, I respect that Phoenix team a hell of a lot more than most of the Western Conference teams anyway. A hell yeah. of a lot more because they could have just tanked their way out as well. They they really could have, and they they chose not to. And it's going to be a fun series. The one question I have about Phoenix is whether Chris Paul stays beyond this year. Um, I think that's I think that's a narrative that isn't talked about enough. Um, he might do. Don't get me wrong. Now I think there is a, a, just a bigger possibility of him staying as and leaving. But let's say I don't know, like a Dallas wants him. Is that opportunity to play with Doncic? And Porzingis and other guys around them more enticing than playing for Phoenix because, as much as we love Book, right? Doncic is on a whole other level, and I think having a secondary playmaker like, well, he'd be the secondary playmaker and Chris Paul. You know, I think they'd both be like one A, one B. I think that opens up Doncic's game so much as well, right? We like we've seen it with LeBron this year, where having a secondary playmaker, even though Schroeder isn't on the same level as Chris Paul, but having that secondary playmaker who's a good NBA point guard is so important and as soon as you have that guy and that's why I think Dallas could be like a sneaky landing spot for Chris Paul I don't know if it will happen but I think that fit would be really really interesting yeah and I've heard people throw the Knicks out there too right like another team he has friends um uh I think worldwide West yeah CAA and their friends only thing with Dallas my question is like I don't see Chris Paul taking a pay cut like I just that's just not they have they, they have room for a max contract though. They do? If, oh, even yeah, with Porzingis. If they, yeah, oh. if they don't re-sign Tim Hardaway, they mm. have room for a max contract. Okay, yeah, that is interesting. Maybe um like that's that's a really that's a basketball fit that they're gonna have to kind of work it, out. It good. Well, I, I think it would with with a guy like Rick Carlisle, because I, yeah. I give a lot of credence to Rick Carlisle offensively. Um, I think he's a top five coach in the NBA in general, right? But like, I think that fit would be really, really good. And Chris Paul's that type of cat. So I think he's got the smarts of Rashawn Rondo, but I don't think he's as obnoxious with it as Rondo was in Dallas. So I think him and Carlisle will fit a lot better there as well. Yeah, then he might. I, I just feel like you know this Phoenix team. They're the two seed. Um, I think it was a really good year. I think he would like to do one more. I'm guessing in Phoenix. If he went to Dallas, that'd be his what fourth team and four seasons. In four seasons. That's just insane for a guy like Chris Paul. Um, and I think he likes the stability of Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. I think him and Devin Booker have hit hit a nice friendship, a nice yeah. you know connection. Um, I think he stays. I would like him to stay. I would like this Phoenix team so to get. I. A little bit more time. I think they're building something good. I think Aiton is the question for me. Um, yeah. I just don't know. Like I don't watch enough Suns game, but like when I do, it's just he's either 
having like 20 and 10 or it's like five and eight like it's a very weird he's, kind of he's 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 an above replacement level center and that's fine uh-huh. right it's good enough to have that but when you think the alternative was having luka Doncic, it, it it hits me here if i'm a phoenix fan right and i know you they're good now and you know it doesn't really matter but imagine this team with luka Doncic in and i think we're talking about a legit title contender then instead of them being like this really fun young team and and they'd still be really young as well so oh for that's, sure that's where I, i'd look at it like i know Aiden's good and all that but you could have had a generational guy there yeah i think the problem with like in terms of team building unless your center is like nikola Jokic, i feel like he needs to be able to defend the rim yes or he needs to be able to switch onto the perimeter and Aiton doesn't really do either of those. Yeah. He's a he's a scoring center. He's a kind of like a taller Montrez Herald to me. And it's just mm-hmm. like guys like that. Just you can't play in the playoffs. There's just not enough possessions that you can waste with a guy who can't defend. Um, that, that's my question with them. But I, I, again, I love their team. I love Monty Williams. I think he's, I think he's coach of the year uh, for me. I don't know about you. Between him or Tibbs, yeah, I've still not decided yet. <laughs> either one of them both of them done a great job so to me it's monty i just think you know that i feel like he's got a lot of young guys that he's gotten to buy in and they have pretty much the same record as the utah jazz who are you know a lot more um experienced and a lot more vets yeah. um but yeah I, lo- I love that phoenix team i'm sorry it had to be you i guess but uh <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes so now, now, you know, obviously this is a more Laker chat, but everyone who knows me and Raj knows that, you know, how much we, we actually love discussing the wider NBA, right? We, we, we love talking about it. So I want to, you know, get your feeling on certain matchups. Like the one that I'm most excited for is that, like I said earlier, is that 3-6 matchup in the East. The Miami-Milwaukee matchup. I Because what's gone under the radar is Miami has played themselves into form these last few games. I know that Victor Oladipo's out for potentially even next season as well, which is horrible, and prayers up to Victor because when he's healthy, he's one of the best players to watch in the NBA as well, right? His explosion, the way he plays basketball is phenomenal to watch. Um, but even without Victor Oladipo, I really... And and then Eric Spolster on top of that. I, I, I love this Miami team still. I think they're, they're another victim of circumstance like the Lakers were with the you know, late finish and they sort of sacrifice games mid-season to like, you know, rest their guys. And I think that was a smart play anyway, to be honest with you. Um, um I, I think this could be a hell of a series, like potentially one of the best first round matchups we've ever seen. Yeah, it reminds me of like, if you remember in like 2015, we got Clippers, Spurs in the first round. Yeah. And they were like, a, I think it was a, Four, five, or three, six—same kind of, same kind of deal. Just two super heavyweights. Um, and Milwaukee's a team that kind of respected the basketball yeah. gods, right? They could have easily tanked and got out of that matchup, but um, they went and won their games. And now this is what they get. Um, they get to attack those demons early, right? Those, mm-hmm. um, those demons are. I think Milwaukee's a team that's kind of. Sorry, Miami's a team that's built perfectly to play Milwaukee, yes. in my opinion. All these switchy wings, Trevor Reza, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, they're going to throw at you. Just a tough, hard-nosed team. Um, and we'll see. I think Milwaukee wins that series. I got, I have them winning. But, yeah, that's a really fun first-round matchup. There's a lot of really fun ones um, all over right. the league. 
Um, on Miami Milwaukee specifically, mm -hmm. I have it going seven. I have no idea which way I have it going seven yet, because whenever I watch the tape on either team, my, my mind changes. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes seven, and I think it's going to be a great, great series. I agree. It isn't it crazy. We're going to have one of the Knicks or the Hawks in the second round. Isn't that kind of crazy? Just the think. Way the Hawks started. Yeah, just crazy to think about in terms of like a team like like getting that kind of success. You know, for yes. For the Knicks, who haven't been in the playoffs in what since Carmelo Anthony, twenty is that right? Yeah, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah, since Carmelo Anthony, and then the Hawks, um, who you know they had their little Joe Johnson era, but since then, yeah. um, they haven't really been able to compete. So, like, I think it's cool. I think those that's also a toss up series. I have the Knicks barely in that series. I have the um, Knicks because I trust that defense. Me too, and Julius Randle, man, I. I MVP did not see candidate Julius Randle. I didn't see this coming. Did you at all see this coming? Like, I I knew he'd I be good. All star. I always thought okay. he could be an all star. But I the never jumper. thought he'd be like the number one option on a really good playoff team, though. I never saw that, and so I think he had the potential for it. Don't get me wrong, because I thought his potential was like limitless, like what people thought Aaron Gordon's potential was. And, okay. I'm not, and I'm not trying to dog on Aaron Gordon at all because he's been really good in Denver. But what people thought Aaron Gordon's potential was, that's what I thought Randall had. But I never thought he'd get there. And we're seeing it's, the best possible version of Julius Randall right now. It's the jumper to me that yes. I never saw getting it's here. taken him to a whole nother level. It also, it hasn't changed though, which is yeah. really weird. Usually when players get better with their jump shot they kind of change like Lonzo yeah. right Lonzo changed his jumper it looks a whole different Julius Randle's jumper still looks the same as when he was a Laker it just goes in he's yes. taking like against AD he was taking step back jumpers mid-range pull-ups and that's just what he does now I don't know if this is a look I don't think it's a fraud year I don't think it's like something that can't pick up it's just you don't see that usually a lot he's shooting like 40 percent from three um so yeah that's a that's a really fun matchup um and then also i think you touched on it earlier the nets and the wizards if they're able to play i think that'd be that'd be a really fun matchup the nets play zero defense which kind of plays into that's that wizards yeah <laughs> uh, it plays into what the wizards are good at which are running really fast um westbrook beal getting up and down I think the Nets win, obviously, but I think that's another just a fun series to watch. It could go six or seven. If someone told me that the Nets Wizards go seven, I believe them. Like I, I can see it happening, especially with the way the Nets play defense. Like I said, I still fully expect the Nets to make it out of that matchup, but like I could absolutely see the Wizards pushing them because I think he got a combination of all the right things. Beal looks really good on Sunday. I know he's not played, you know, he hasn't played in like five weeks, but he looks really good on Sunday. Westbrook has rediscovered his OKC form, which is, mm. as a basketball fan, I hate it when people dog on Russell Westbrook. I hate it, right? Because they go, oh, it's triple doubles. But like, I hope you guys realize that he's the one who made triple doubles like just this regular everyday occurrence, right? It still yeah. doesn't happen as much as people want, want, want you to believe it happens. It only yeah. happens every night because Russell Westbrook makes it happen every night. And I don't think we appreciate that greatness enough, right? Because I think when it's all said and done, I think Russell Westbrook is like a top 30 player of all time. And it's like, I 
and I'll touch on this later with Jabari because we're we're gonna, we're gonna dive into Westbrook later for for me today, guys. Later on in the week for for the podcast listeners, um, I'm gonna touch on this earlier because, later because I think Russell Westbrook he, he hasn't done anything that I know of in the media that that makes people hate him. Right? I don't, he's not had any like um, lawsuits or anything no. stupid against him. He's really liked by all his teammates. He seems like a good dude who, you know, donates time to good causes and stuff like that. And he's a really good basketball player. But because X analytics say that he's not good, people just jump on that bandwagon. And for, for context, me and Raj are big analytics people. We, we we both like analytics a lot, right? But I think the, the conversation on Westbrook has just gone way too far on the other end now, right? I think Westbrook's still a really, really good NBA player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And his teams win at a ridiculous place when he gets a triple-double, right? It's not like these are losing um, stats. He's a part of this, like, issue that I I come with with, like, ring culture and then the the first take and the The undisputed. Yeah, just just the way he's – look, he's not the nicest guy to the media. I think that – is a part of it as well. He, that, he, that doesn't help either. That doesn't help. Yeah. And, but his teammates love him. Coaches love him. Um, again, the Kevin Durant thing kind of plays into this, right? This like well, idea that KD left. Though, Raj, is mm-hmm. KD's the villain there? He didn't tell Westbrook he was leaving and he went to, to the team that beat him in the Western Conference finals. How, how this has spun back to Westbrook. And, and I know the media has a huge deal with that. But, like, just from fans' perspectives, I don't get it. Yeah, no. And, look, he played, what, next to uh, Paul George, right, yes. who didn't probably didn't show up in that playoffs. And then next, and then the following season, he plays with James Harden, you know, and that's another guy who has his troubles um, in the playoffs. Look, KD left, and Russ got the MVP, four seed. A lot of people are still upset about that MVP um, and he's not an analytics darling, right? Like his shot, his shot selection isn't great. Um, but you know, I think you take that a guy who cares that much about winning. And sometimes it's not all about the stats. Like go ask Bradley Beal, um, who he wants taking that shot. It's not, you know, Rui Hachimura, like he wants Westbrook kind of shooting those shots. Yeah, so like- that's the guy you, he's a star and not, not every star is perfect. They don't have to be, not everyone has to be Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, like, there's different ways to enjoy basketball, and I think um, people say like, "Oh, he got he gets rebounds." Like uh, his teammates allow him to get rebounds. Go play any game of basketball. Go try to get ten rebounds. Like just go try and get ten rebounds. Even and if see your if teammates you... let you get it, it's still yeah. really hard. It's very difficult. It's why so many so few players average ten rebounds um, a game, or even get ten rebounds a game. Um, so. I don't know. The conversation around Westbrook has gotten too much. Is he the perfect championship player? No. Probably, probably not. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy his game or respect his uh, greatness, I think, as you said. Yeah, like, he has the most triple-doubles ever in the NBA. And mm-hmm. everyone thought Oscar Robertson's record would never be broke. And he's broke it, and he's still, in my opinion, got a few years left, like, a few good years left in, in the tank as well. So it's like, I don't know, man. As you can tell, it's a point of contention for me. Um, just from the point of, I understand people not thinking he's a perfect championship player. And if you want to make that argument to me, fine. I get yeah. it. I, I probably make the same argument, to be honest with you. 
when you can't enjoy a, a, an all-time great being great, I, I can't get behind it, man. I really can't. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's tough. A lot of people, I think, probably be remembered more sadly after um after they retire and i think westbrook is going to be one of those dudes like yes. after we retire we're like what he put up what every year average a triple double for five straight years um so he, how he's another guy saying that though like, just huh? saying it how insane yeah. is it? it's absolutely insane no one no one does that that uh, there's people who go their whole careers and have like two triple doubles you know like it's just you don't just fall into those. So, yeah, again, when Magic had like 50 triple doubles for his career, that was incredible. Right. Yeah. And it looked like Jokic gets one once in a while, you know, like it's just like it doesn't, doesn't happen. You know, people don't average a triple double. It just no. doesn't happen. So, again, he's a guy I think will be remembered more sadly once like he, he hangs it up, which sucks that it has to come to that. But it, that's what I feel like. It's going to happen with a guy like Russell Westbrook. After this podcast, I'll be known as the Westbrook truther. <laughs> Someone's yeah. going to say that shit. Um, but yeah, so just to round things up, obviously I'll have you on again at some point during the playoff run. Um, how do you feel about the Lakers' chances just in the playoffs in general? We've, talk, we've, dis we've, we've discussed this over text, right? But I yeah. want to hear your opinion on the um, actual mic format as well. <laughs> Look, if they're healthy, I think they have a shot. I just think like winning a title from the seventh seed is a tough task. Like it just is. Like that's going four straight rounds, no home court, likely unless you know the Clippers get to the Western Conference Finals and you know get a little nice little home court there. But other than that, going four straight rounds is tough. Um, but they're healthy, and I think that that's the biggest thing. My my biggest worry is like the the amount of games they've played together. It just hasn't um, been enough to me. Like the continuity. Um, it's just not there from what it could could have been, which I think this is one of the most talented Laker teams I've ever seen. I wasn't watching the Kobe Shaq Lakers, so this is the most talented team I've seen on paper. But games aren't played on paper. So look, LeBron and AD built their chemistry last year, and that, that'll really help. But there's a lot of new guys here. Dennis Schroeder is supposed to be a big-time shot maker, shot creator for this team. He's played 26 games next to LeBron and AD, four next to Andre Drummond. Um, a little less next to Marcus Gasol. Those are my only biggest worry. Um, but if they have their health, they can beat anyone. I think they'll be favored against Phoenix, favored in that. The bracket really worked out for them, to be honest. They get Phoenix, and then they get the winner of Denver-Portland, which I think is just that, – that works out really, really well. Really nice tune-up for them. Nice tune-up until that Western Conference Final where it's either the Clippers or Utah, um, in my opinion. I, I know you shit – are you – you really attacked Utah. But, you can uh, say shit on Utah. How many times <laughs> I had to tell you, man? You're right. Yeah, shit on Utah. But I, I like their team. I think they're they're a solid, really good team. And uh, they'll have continuity on their side. But other than that, um, it's them. And then we'll see in the East if the next Nets It could can be really anyone. Play. Like You can make an, a solid argument for four or five teams in the East for, to make it out. And exactly. I believe you. Yeah, and look, we have playoff LeBron on our side. We have AD, and that that might be enough. Like, it just might be. So that's where I'm at with this team. I, I'm confident. I'm not like I feel like last year. I was a lot more, I guess, confident. You're not I, my level of confident, are you? No, not not there. I want to get there. And look, if they if they handle Golden State in some like really decisive fashion, then it'll really um, pick it up for me. I just want to see it, um, see this team kind of do that. Playing Houston and New Orleans is nice. 
uh, beating yes. up on them is nice. They aren't playoff level opponents, and no. that's what we're we're gonna get to now. So the game that gave me most confidence, by the way, was the Knicks. We didn't mm. have LeBron. We didn't have Schroeder. Really, really good defensive team. A team that if someone told me they made the Western Conference Finals, and not the West, the Eastern Conference Finals, I apologize. I believe it because there is a path for them to get there, right? I don't think they do. I think Philly would beat them. But at the same time, you can make an argument to me and I could like get behind it, right? I, I wouldn't still believe it, but I, I would understand the rationale behind it. So that makes me believe that there's a greater than 15% chance it happens. S- slightly, not not slightly, not that much more than 15%, but there's still a ch- it, it's not like a negligible chance of it happening, right? AD being healthy is huge for me. LeBron being as healthy as he looked when he wasn't coasting in both games was huge for me. Schroeder, I think, looked good as well, which is big. Alex Caruso getting some time to rest that foot was really important because we didn't really touch on Caruso, but I just want to give yeah. a little shout out to, to AC. Um, I think he has... Honestly, I think his playmaking has improved to a whole different level where I didn't see it going to, and his handles improved to that point, and then with that, his shot making has gotten even better, and that, I think, opens up another extra wrinkle with that, because when you have Alex Caruso playing huge minutes, and he can contribute on the offensive end as well, that's a, a completely different different X factor that we didn't have last year, right, with AC. As much as I love him, as much as you love him as well, right? Oh, no, for sure. I said this before. Um, last year, going to the playoffs, Caruso was going in as a 33% three-point shooter. This year, he's going in at 41%, and that's just a totally different game. That's a totally different player um, that moves you from like a $5, 6000000 million player to like a 10 to $15 million player, just what it does. That's how good he is on defense, too. Um, I, I love that you shouted Caruso out. I'll just shout out like the Lakers' young core. I feel like they yes. really developed them. Kuzma is a winning player, absolutely winning player now. Um, THT, I thought, really improved during those during Man, that tough if we, time. If we talked about Taylor, we'd be here for another hour. <laughs> no, Just no, no, that on. would be that'd be the merge and a clay pod because they are absolutely they've been head over heels on Taylor oh, for they a while. Have, so. From day one, from day like, one, from day so one, I give them both of them have. Yeah, I, I give them the most credit for that. They saw that a mile away. So shout out to them for that. Um, Quick one yeah, on THT. Mm-hmm. Do you think he gets to be an all-star if he continues this rate of improvement? That's the path he's on, to be honest. Like, that's where he's... Because that three-point like, shot's developing, man. That three-point shot's getting there. He has the whole bag. Like, there's yes. no... There's nothing he doesn't have. It's just, like, deci- decision-making and, you know, stuff that comes with time. Like, and he's not scared. Like, there's no stuff fear. The typical 20-year-olds struggle with is decision making at the next level until right. they play a couple of years like if you actually look at the context THT in game still hasn't played a full NBA season which is insane right because I feel like if THT was I don't know let's say on Memphis hypothetically or <laughs> Sacramento I think he'd be talked about as one of the best prospects in the NBA right I, I absolutely believe that with all my heart I think he'd be in the same conversation because he'd have m- way more reps than he would here right Especially on a team like Memphis, that you know, next alongside Jar, they have a re- Memphis have a bunch of really good role players, but no like secondary playmaker. So yeah. him next to Jar, I think would have got him like, especially with no Jaron Jackson, he would have been shooting like twenty times a game. 
And then his stats go up naturally because of that. And then people are talking about him being one of the best prospects in the NBA, right? So that's where I am with Taylor, man. He's he's phenomenal. He has the stuff you can't teach, right? Like that's the that's what he has. Like he drives to the rim, jump in the air, read the whole floor, yes. see where the open shooter is, and then be able to contort his arm and pass it around. You can't teach that. There's no there's no, no drill for that. Like and LeBron saw something in him. He's on clutch. You know, all that kind of other intangible stuff with it. I just think he's a fascinating player. He, he's a super creator, and he sees himself as a star. Like, yes. he doesn't – like, look, I love Alex Caruso, but THG does not see his career going as Alex Caruso. Like, no. he wants to be the give me the ball, give me a high screen and roll, and let me let me cook, right? And um, and the Lakers have one of those cooking in their, in their development. So I think it's awesome seeing him – Kuzma Caruso Kuzma I think saw himself as that too and might still but uh he knows how to play a role right now Kuzma's you know mature he's 24 25 years yes. old he's not 20 years old like Taylor is um so but, it's just cool to the see the young Taylen, guys the mm-hmm. thing with Taylor I think you made a really good point on Kuz there but I think with Taylor the Lakers are treating him as such though as well look at the way they talk about him they all talk good about point. him being like yeah. the next guy they all talk about him being the guy to follow from LeBron and will be with AD and yeah. what this does is because you've you, you've unearthed this diamond in the rough, right? In the, with a forty-six overall pick, it extends LeBron's prime even more. Because if you get this guy on, a, well, I think he'll sign like an eight to ten million dollar deal this, this in the off season, right? But that's basically what a top five pick makes. Yeah, and that extends LeBron's prime even more when you have a guy in that type of deal. So I'm very, very excited about Taylor because I think next year is when the absolute big improvement happens. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. And usually championship teams don't get a no. chance to develop players like this. Like I feel like the injuries this year and just him. Be, and look, he was playing before the injuries. Like yes. People can say the injuries, but he was a rotation piece. And being able to play off ball, like that's a skill he got. You know, it's just... It was really cool to see him develop. Um, he's ahead of where Brandon Ingram was at 20 years old. Like this is I, what I say all the time. I watched every game of Brandon Ingram's career. He wasn't doing this till year three. No. Year three. Like, that's when he started really being able to do what Talon is doing, you know, in his on second year. On a championship year, team. On a championship team, yeah. So, and I love Ingram. Like, I'm on, I'm behind Ingram all day. It's just his talent wasn't what Talon already is. So, if, if, if he can get that decision making down, um, that's where he'll be. He'll turn into a star for sure. On, on Ingram, I've had people, and we'll, we'll, we'll end soon. But like <laughs> on Ingram, I've had people tell me that Andrew Wiggins is better than him. And I'm like, how? How? How have you watched Brandon Ingram play basketball at all, and been like, I'd rather have Andrew Wiggins on my team than Brandon Ingram? And call. I've had people call his contract the worst contract in the NBA. Like for a young all star, what are we talking about? They don't know what they're watching, man. They, look, Andrew Wiggins fit a nice role. He's a nice yes. little role player. Brandon Ringham is a all-star dude averaging 25 a game, getting all the shots. You know, like, it's just a totally different level to me. Um, look, Ingram has things he has to figure out. I think there's things that you build bad habits when you're on bad teams, in my opinion, yes. and uh, he's built a few. I don't, like, look, Stan Van Gunny might be a good coach. I just, I just don't like what they're doing in New Orleans no. at all. I don't think the team building is right. Putting Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe next to Brandon Ingram and Zion just feels like makes no sense. 
putting a maze in front of a person, you know, and tell them to get from A to B. It just didn't make any sense to me. They have no shooting. And then they have Lonzo starting too, right? Lonzo's a nice guard, but he's not a guard who can shoot. So you have Lonzo, Ingram, Zion, and it's like, yeah, Ingram attacked the rim with no one there. So Ingram's the main shot creator, and it's just, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Pelicans. You know, they they have their own issues. They'll, they, have to, they have to figure out. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I love Ingram. We'll end on this note. Alex Caruso and THT will be Lakers for a while now, and it feels great. Absolutely, new. That's our that's our young core, along with Kuzma. Um, and then yeah. and then we 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 we'll have either the twenty first, twenty second, or twenty third pick. So it's like for so much for all that trade talk about the Lakers that have been picks for the next ten years, right? Like it's great. Yeah, it never made any sense. We have first round picks three of the next five years, yeah. I think. Um, so, look, and they'll do, they'll get second rounders and all that stuff. That stuff never made sense to me. That Pelicans trade should have been talked about as Ingram and Lonzo as the stars. The picks are yes. what they are. But, and look, Lonzo's a re- restricted free agent this year. David Griffin, he could I, don't leave. Know if, I don't know if you heard David Griffin on the broadcast, on the Pelicans broadcast mm-hmm. during the Laker game. I haven't, no. He had an interview and they asked him about it. He said, "We need to, we need to decide if Lonzo and Hart are um, pieces for a championship team." Which felt very, you know, ominous about what they're gonna do. That Pelicans, Pelican fan, fans telling me Lonzo is tradable because Neil Nikhil Alexander Walker is, you know, <laughs> is playing well. I'm like, come on, man, come on, come on. Oh, idiots, so. man. Oh, well, anyway. Before I offend any other NBA franchises, Raj, this was an absolute blast as it always is um, talking to you, my friend. Um, where can the people find you and all your great work? Uh, on Twitter at Unwritten Rules. And then uh, we do a post game. Uh, me and Jason do a post game after every Laker game, planning to do it after every playoff game um, on Spaces on Twitter. And then the podcast is uh, State of the Lakers. So they'll all be up there. I finally get Raj to plug a podcast on here. <laughs> it's been long enough, my friend. It's been long enough. I appreciate you having me. I'm sorry. It's it's 2.20 in the morning here in uh, in Southern California, so I hope I didn't sound too nah, sleepy man, or this, tired. This was, this was phenomenal. I really like. I, I completely forgot the time, and then I was like, oh, shit, we need to wrap up soon so Raj can go to sleep. <laughs> I appreciate yep. it, man. Any time, man. Any time. And... I can finally guest on one of your podcasts. Wow, we get that crossover. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave this podcast a five-star review. Raj's uh, and Jason's uh, State of the Lakers podcast also. Be sure to support them on Twitter. Be sure to give them a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you find the podcast. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, don't be an idiot. Take care.